Welcome to Starting Small, an anti-racist book chat. This is Carrie, And this is Daphne. We are two friends who have come together over books and coffee more times than I can count. We've been in a book club together for a handful of years, but this one is a little bit different. We focus on books that have been part of our journey through advocacy and anti-racism. Thank you for joining us in the journey to change the world by starting small. Happy New Year! Welcome to our very first episode of 2022. We cannot wait to dive into our new season where we will continue discussing books that have resonated with us along our journey toward anti-racism. But also, we are introducing our new feature where we will discuss books that are often challenged or banned in the K-12 through schools. Yes, I'm super excited about this new piece of our podcast. Since we and many of our listeners are parents, but also because banning and challenging books is a way that voices can be silenced. It's not always a racist thing, you know, has has lots of aspects to it, but um, in many cases does come with that hint of racism. Right. And if you are following the news at the beginning of this school year, there was definitely some backlash related to trying to uh, ban, ban, books. ban books about um, black and brown kids. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, For sure. This is going to be a very interesting mix of books for this next season of the podcast. And we'll do our best. We're going to alternate between a challenged book and then um, a book focused on racism in America. But as always, though, before we get too deeply into this, what's new with you, Daphne? Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, the holidays are over. Yay. Um, I I always feel like the, the stretch between Thanksgiving and like New Year's is like a sprint. That I will literally never finish. It's the longest sprint of my life. Like <laughs> it's the longest few weeks of school because add to it all the additional things that you know I have to plan for: Christmas and mm-hmm. traveling and meals and you know big meals like holiday things. Right. I was that stresses me the heck out. So it's over. We're back at school. Um, and that comes with a whole new set of right. challenges this year. But yes. we're there. We're gonna do it. Yep. <laughs> We're all in. How about you? How how are your holidays? So our, yeah, things have actually been a little bit crazy here lately. We actually had very quiet holidays, which was, which was nice. I mean, it was kind of sad not to see our families again, but um, it was also nice to just be home, the three of us and not have to like race to go anywhere, get ready for people to come over. So um, we had a really nice couple of days off and just the three of us we we did we spent new year's we binge watched the new season of cobra kai oh yeah which was great too i love that show (laughs) all the 80s references (laughs) are just awesome um but the other big news is that yesterday i wrapped up my job that i had been working Mm -hmm. at for a couple of years and i'm starting a new adventure um on monday i had a job that i did really like i worked with a very, you know, specific demographic as a managed care organization, mm-hmm. um, thinking of like, you know, senior citizens and nursing homes and sure. group homes and sure. that sort of thing. So it was very meaningful work. However, I had an opportunity that came along that I could not say no to. So now we're just gearing up for that. Cool. That's so exciting. It is. I'm really looking forward to it. Okay. In books though. Oh yeah. What you been reading? So I started reading right before Christmas. And then I took a break. It's called apples never fall. I think that's the title of it. It's the newest Lane Moriarty book. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm, it's kind of a slow book to get through. Um, They are. So I'm, (laughs) but I'm like hoping they're like crank out the, I like have like 
not quite half of it left. Okay. I was, I took a break from it because I had gotten a book from the library called Doctors and Friends, which came super, you know, highly recommended. And I did start reading it. I will probably have to go back to that one at some point because it was written pre-pandemic, but it is about a pandemic. And so I started reading it and I was like, you know, I don't know. I can do this right now. I can't. Yeah. I know. I maybe maybe when things are more under control and we're not, you know, Yikes. living in such a weird <laughs> time that I might go back and try that one again. And then I can be like, oh yeah, I lived through this. Yes, not not I'm in the middle of this. Right. So how about yeah. you? Um, I just finished Lily and Duncan, which is okay. a YA book that my high school librarian um recommended. Okay. She actually always pulls books for my son to read because that's she awesome. can and this was one that she was like, uh, it may be, it may be about things that a sixth grader doesn't need to read. You read it first. So we read it first. Um, and yeah, I'm a little on the fence, but Lillian Duncan is about, uh, a transgender student oh. and who befriends a new kid at school who actually ends up having his own, um, mental health challenges. Um, but it's really good. It's really specific, um, about teens going through this. I think they're eighth graders okay. in the book. Um, and yeah, I, I thinking of it through that lens of like, Ooh, would I want my kid to read this? I, I think he could handle it. I kind of outlined a little bit of it for him. And he was like, it's not really a book that I want to read right now. Mm-hmm. He likes more action sure. things like you know, Star Wars. exciting. <laughs> right. Um, but he was like, maybe, I don't know. It sounds kind of good. I'm like, it was good. I really enjoyed yeah. the book. It was, it was uh, by Donna Gephardt. Okay. Like, and it's Lily and Duncan. And then I just started yesterday because I spend a lot of time in my car waiting to pick up my kid from wrestling practice. No? <laughs> um, so I leave work, I get to the school and I just read in the parking lot like a huge nerd. Um, but worry, I, I do the same thing. <laughs> I'm reading The Testaments by Margaret Atwood, which is a follow-up to The Handmaid's Tale. So I I need to get through it because I really, really like it. I'm 50 pages in and I really, really like it. So that's that's interesting because I have never watched The Handmaid's Tale show and I the book is on the band list and I I like so badly want to watch it but it's a show i'm like afraid of for some reason Um, and i think i need to just watch it you do you do or read it definitely read it i think we we might we might might have have to add it it to our list so uh yes there's a lot going on but that's a good thing awesome 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 all right so as we said, today's episode will be our first banned or challenged book episode, and we're starting with 13 Reasons Why by Jay Asher. 13 Reasons Why was published in 2007, and you may be more familiar with it um, since 2017 because it was made into a Netflix series. If you've seen the series but you haven't read the book, both are good. Uh, the series goes much farther into the character stories than the book. Season one is more closely aligned to the novel itself. After that, it takes place in new content, new space. It, it, it really grows mm-hmm. from there. And honestly, in my opinion, having watched and read both, season one is more meaningful. Season two feels just way over the top. Okay. So if you're wondering, like, oh, what's this book all about? Season one. It's probably <laughs> it's all. really where yeah. it lives. Um, but if you're not familiar with either, here's a quick synopsis. Clay Jensen returns home from school to find a strange package with his name on it lying on his porch. Inside, he discovers several cassette tapes recorded by Hannah Baker, his classmate and crush who committed suicide two weeks earlier. 
Hannah's voice tells him that there are 13 reasons why she decided to end her life. Clay is one of them. If he listens, he'll find out why. Clay spends the night crisscrossing his town with Hannah as his guide through the tapes. He becomes a first-hand witness to Hannah's pain, and as he follows Hannah's recorded words throughout his town, what he discovers changes his life forever. All right, Carrie, how did you feel about reading this book? I know you read this one a while ago, you said, right? I did, yep. Okay. I, I read it with my previous book club, okay. um, probably, so 2007 it came out, so I, I mean, that was probably around the time that we read it. Sure. Um, what stood out to me in this story? I mean, we can really dive into that, but <laughs> honestly, at a high level, like the whole plan, just kind of planning, you know, making the tapes yeah, and, um, to, you know, going to such lengths to let everyone know kind of like, this is what you did to me. Yeah. And then ending it, um, ending it, like it just yeah. is so final. Yeah. And I think the big takeaway from me for me from this book is just how like fragile yeah. high school kids are and like how much they are watching and they yeah. are listening and they're taking it in. Yeah. I read this book around 2012, 2013, and I'd had a lot of students who had recommended it and who had been reading it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to read it. Um, you know, I like talking books with kids too. Um, and yeah, it was very eye opening to be like, yeah okay because you know i'm old so i'm far enough removed from being a teenager but like i also sit in that world right. all day long so to just kind of see it on the page mm -hmm. have it outlined for you like oh okay so this yep that's going to impact that kid and 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 how much of that they carry without anyone else knowing right um, and that was kind of, for me, the most interesting part about the way that this book unfolds with her, like, telling her story, but after the fact, which was really depressing yes. <laughs> to be like, yes. oh, well, all that stuff is going on on the inside and nobody right. knows Nobody knows. It. And I think, you know, thinking too, so, like, when it first came out, I was within, when I read it, like, 10, 11 years of graduating high school myself. Sure. So... Just to think, though, like, when I was in high school, like, yeah. I mean, I think that's what I did. I kept going back. Like, I could think of, like, people I had grown up with and stuff and a couple who are no longer with us. And to think, like, oh, this might have been what you were, yeah. what you were feeling. But to, yeah. it just feels very different, too, because when we were kids, we didn't have, or at least I did not have, you know, right. social media, a, a cell phone you know, right. That sort of stuff to, to, well, and that doesn't even play really that's heavily true. into it this book, but, you know, just so interesting yeah. to think about, like, because just how different like, 2007, yeah. even to now. Oh, it's way different. Yeah. yeah. Cause I guess that. 2007 was like kind of the cusp of right social. Yeah. So it really wasn't that big of a thing, but right. Or just how quickly like things would get More. passed from student to student. Um, we didn't have that. It was yeah. passing a note. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't as. Well, and even different. how different high school is now, yes. 2022, compared to 2007, uh -huh. compared to when either of us yep. were in high school. Um, and then I think about, you know, the, the people who, because we're going to talk about this from that yeah. lens of being a challenged or banned book, the people who are challenging or trying to get this book banned, how far removed from current high school right. life are they? Really they? Are. Like, yeah. do you even understand what the day-to-day -day looks like in right. that building? 
And I'm not saying that I do. I mean, I hang out in my classroom. I'm not milling about the hallways trying to be like, you know, see how kids are interacting. Sure. But or when I'm not around, but it it is a very different feel than I felt when I was in high school. When right. I was in high school, the bell rang. I grabbed my stuff. I hung out at my locker with my right. like two, three really close friends or whatever. And grabbed my stuff and went to class. Like now we've got students who are like hiding out in a bathroom because they don't want to see their, um, their their classmates because they're they're mean to them on social media and so right. they're texting someone from the bathroom saying I can't go in there and all of that stuff flies under our radar yep. because kids don't bring it to our attention exactly or they do and we don't know. we don't know we don't know how to handle yep. it there is nothing out there that says hey if a child tells you that they're being cyber bullied this is what you right. do because in one instance what what might be prescribed to do might be helpful and in a completely right similar yet different enough situation it might make things so much worse. you have to tread very cautiously so cautiously yep. and that's why i'm very glad that i am friends with our school counselors and right. social workers and it yep. is not my job right <laughs> I you, you can hand off the information <laughs> yes i very much am like hey um this is what i've heard <laughs> please help um but yeah it's uh this book was very it felt very realistic. It does. Me. Yep. It really did. Whew. All right. Well, let's take a short break before we really dive into this uh, books and get into a, the specifics and its challenges. Yes, for sure. All right. Daphne, you said you've seen students reading this book. What do you think makes it popular among teens? Oh, so it's super interesting because I've seen classes read this book, like whole classes or like, you know, groups within classes will read this book, but also just random kids pick it up. I think that this is one of the few books that kids actually talk about and like yeah. pass to each other because it does feel like realistic. Right. Um, we were talking earlier, it does feel a little like overwrought sometimes, like over the top, but like, welcome to YA literature. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that a lot of it has to do with the way that Hannah describes kind of her experiences, mm -hmm. kids believe that that could happen to them. Um, Cause there's instances in the, in the book right. where she talks about, you know, she took this to, to someone, some adult, some friend, someone she trusted and nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And I think the kids know that that's a very real possibility. Right. Right. Um, I, yeah, I agree with that, that it's more of a realistic book and one of the things when I you know like when I originally read this I read it for my my book discussion and mm -hmm. I don't know that I mean my son was a baby at the time and so I don't know that I really thought beyond my own high school experiences sure, sure. like oh what will it be like for him but now that I'm older and like you know kind of revisiting this book one thing I always think about is a girl I grew up with who um you know she grew up in some in a very challenging yeah, home situation, and situation. Yeah. And um, she has told us over the last handful of years that, you know, I don't know if therapy was not in the cards for them. I don't know if it was sure. like too taboo or not available not yeah. or yeah. And we were, you know, in the middle of nowhere, the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and her, what, how she helped herself was by going to the public library every day after school and reading through the self help books. Yeah. And I kind of think like, what if this would have been a book in our yeah. library back then? Like just how kids who feel, who feel like they can't 
come forward or don't know how to do something like this is such a valuable resource. Yeah. Then that, and I always just think about how that got her through. Yeah. And I think about that in a, in like a twofold scenario, right? Like kids could be reading this, students could be reading this from the perspective of like, oh my God, I feel like this. And I'm not the only person who feels like this. Right. And look, she had people who did care about her and did want the best for her, but she didn't reach out, you know, in a way that made it so that they could help. Right. Right. Um, but also there's students reading this book, readers, uh, adults reading this book who are the people who've been reached out to and didn't really understand that that's what they were getting. Right. Right. Like I'm not like the least emotionally aware human being that probably lives in the world. Um, <laughs> you don't say, <laughs> no, 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 um, but it's, I do kind of need it to be outlined for me. It, like it was in this book. I felt like, like, Hey, this, when she came to you or when she said this, she was really asking you for help. Right. Like, I don't always pick up on that. And I think, especially high school kids don't either. High school kids, the way that their brains are developed or whatever, they, they're very self-centered. Mm-hmm. That's literally the only thing their brain can do is like self-preservation. Right. So if they are able to see themselves as a character or even you know, as a peripheral character in this book, like, ooh, how would I have handled that? Ooh, would I have realized that she was dealing with a bad situation and not just being dramatic? Right. I think that a lot of that resonates with them. They feel like, ooh, this, you know, maybe my friend is dealing with that or maybe my classmate sitting there who, you know, doesn't talk in class ever and mm-hmm. always has their, you know, hair combed down over their eyes right. and is looking down and yeah, wears the same hoodie every day. Yeah. There's a lot of those kids. Yep. And I think this is a good tool too, like having a high school kid myself to say, you know, you don't know what someone else is dealing with. And so don't, you know, don't be so quick to like, yeah, poke fun or, you know, make comments like you really just do not know. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's a really good thing for students to hear. Yeah. You don't know. And honestly, you aren't the only one. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So in my research for this episode, because I needed to know where all these challenges Mm -hmm. coming from, like who's doing this, where is this happening? So I found actually that most of the challenges related to this book came after the series showed up on Netflix, which I found to be really interesting because honestly, it really just reads that parents aren't reading what their kids are reading. Right. 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 Because... It, it does. It just kind of blows my mind because, yeah, the book had been out for a decade, a decade and now all of a sudden you're flying now out. You want a challenge? Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, this is what I found. So after the a series of suicides in Colorado, the curriculum director of the Mesa County School District pulled the book from circulation without following due process. So they just said, "Oh, well, this must be the cause." <laughs> um, it was later returned, though, after a review committee of librarians and counselors determined the book wasn't as graphic as a Netflix series, which is very important right. to know. Right. Especially if you go past season one, it gets very graphic and very dark. Um, that is not in the book. Right. Um, then there was an elementary school in Florida that banned the book from campus, even for personal reading. So, like, a kid couldn't bring it from home. Or and from read the, on their study yeah. break or something. Um, arguing that students weren't mature enough to handle the depiction of suicide, profanity, sexual content, and drug use. Which... At the elementary school level... Yeah. I... 
I think that saying yeah. no one can read it is weird. That that yes, that I don't agree with. <laughs> but at an ele- I, I I find this to be a interesting book that would be in an elementary school right yeah it it does not feel like it matches with what elementary school students are dealing with or thinking about are there and i also would like to know some of like some elementary schools go you know right through older grades so how many grades were actually in this elementary school because it would make more sense if it was like a combined elementary through Seventh grade, yeah, eighth grade. Right, I could totally see this being appropriate for eighth graders for sure. Right. Maybe seventh graders, right. you know. I would have no issues like middle school libraries yeah. having this. Yes, but so yeah, I would want to know for sure the right. more more detail. About I don't the feel school. weird yeah. about the elementary school saying we don't want this on yeah, the shelves. Yeah, I agree. I think it's weird to go the extra step and, and say, say like no. nobody can bring right. it and read it. Right, like that's odd. Um, I don't know if I've ever shared this before. When when I was teaching. Um, I had a, a class of sixth graders and I had a student in sixth grade who was reading the Game of Thrones series. And I had not, I've never read it. I've only seen the TV yeah. shows, at, but I knew one of my colleagues had read them. And I was like, hey, um, if you were a sixth grade student and you were reading that book and his eyes got so big and he was like, I hope that kid's talking to somebody about what he's reading. Yeah, I was going to say. He was pretty and he was like, no, it's not as graphic as a the TV show, obviously, right. because seeing it is different than right. reading it, right? Like, what can you actually visualize in your head? And he's like, all those things are still there. Like, weird. And also those books are, are like, massive, yeah. which is great that that kid was right. reading them. You know, like, he plowed through Harry Potter in third and fourth grade or whatever. So I, I would never want to say, you can't read that book. Right. But definitely, you know, is this appropriate? It's appropriate for your age. For, Yeah. For your, your developmental level. Yep. Like, do you understand what's happening here? Right. Like, it's not normal for a 12-year-old to be captured by a band of warriors and married off. Like, it's... Times. Right. Like, no, that's not, right. that's not normal. Right. So, elementary, I do get yeah. kind of a wishy-washy place to be. Um, and then there's a third um, set of schools. So, the book is also pulled from middle school classrooms yeah. in Kentucky. Several school districts also caution parents about letting their children view the Netflix series. So, how prevalent do you think some of right. that offending content Because, obviously, the main topic of the book is suicide. Right. So, like, outside of that, though, I don't remember drug use, sexual content, and profanity being that. I don't either outstanding to me but first I'm I'm trying to remember I was just thinking about when when the series came out because I do feel like the district sent out an email to us I need to go back and look because I kind of remember there there was so much buzz going around about that and people were afraid like oh this is going to make my child want to commit suicide right it was like glorifying it so I do. But then feel those people like, didn't watch it. No, they or didn't. definitely didn't, they didn't read it. Right, and so oh, I, think so got, I think we got. I think we got just like a because of all the yeah. like traction, we got some sort of an email, like huh. just a heads up. But I do believe the email went through. Like this is what actually is discussed in the series. Right. Like it was a I very well right. crafted. We could we have connections mm, that we could maybe could go back find and that find email. that in the archives. Huh. Um, but I agree. I do not remember. Anything, you know, I don't remember the other, those other things playing such a big I mean, part of the book. Sexual content, yes. Right. Because there is a discussion about a student right. who's raped. Yep. Uh, a date raped. Right. Like not, you know, wildly, you know, 
forced or I mean there is that whatever she's raped regardless I don't want to make excuses right. or or, or um, minimize that talk, yeah um drug use I know was there like they talked about right, it but, but it wasn't like it wasn't a big a part of the story or of the yeah. whole overall story and honestly profanity I mean let's, there, let's yeah. not pretend like our our middle school students don't know the words I'm just going to put this words. out there I can vividly remember in fourth grade my friend and I had a swear notebook where we wrote down yes. all of the swear words we knew but then we were afraid someone was going to tell on us so we ripped it all apart and threw it in the bathroom trash can as you do when you're in fourth, fourth grade. grade yeah we knew you're every swear word of that exactly. i mean and reading them doesn't cool. make right. you like any more apt to use them or not like right like that's right. your surroundings exactly do you feel it's appropriate or not i vividly remember the first time i swore in front of my parents and no one yelled at me and i was like Oh, was this just recently? No, it was not. <laughs> no, swearing is very much how my dad, my brother, and I communicate. Um, but it, you know, like making it a big no-no right. doesn't fix a problem. So yeah, I don't remember either of those, any of those things really being glorified by any means. Not at all. Like the sexual content in the book was very much a driving force behind something awful happened. Exactly, and here we are now a student is not able to really overcome what they've experienced and this was some fallout yep and and if people if parents are worried about the quote-unquote sexual content of this book this i mean high school's students being raped is something that can happen (laughs) and they need to and they need to know and and i always and again i'm going to go back to my example of my friend who felt the need to sit in the library and go through self-help books yeah. to work through what she was dealing with. So if there is someone, a high school girl who is, has had this yes. happened to her, like this could be a valuable resource. I mean, even if you think about it from the standpoint of something happened to me, right? But, you know, but I don't know. I don't feel good about it, but I don't necessarily know what to call it. What, how do you how do reach I re- out yeah. and, and ask for help when yeah. you're like something bad happened, but I don't know if it was really bad or not, you know? having texts like this available to students so that they can put those things to words because they're not going to go home and ask their mom and say like this this happened is this a good or a bad thing you know truthfully too I grew up in you know the 80s graduated in the mid 90s of of the era of like the rape hotlines the suicide hotlines this and that and then um when I was in college I did my master's in you know the grief and bereavement studies you know that was my major but one thing I learned is I really don't know how beneficial those hotlines truly are because it's really like I mean they're good that they're there they're a Mm -hmm. resource but like a suicide hotline it, it, it tends to be people you would least expect it from they're not gonna you know they're not gonna call a random stranger right necessarily i mean obviously some do but you know i just i don't know like and so again having read having something available to read of Mm -hmm. someone who did go through this and this was how they handled it will maybe give a person the tools to say okay i don't want to wind up like she did in the story so i need to go talk to a person well and let's be very like transparent about this the book the, the website that is, accompanies the book yes. and the series all included 
if you're having yes. feelings of suicide, here's how you can get help. And yep. it was like a website and a phone number. Yep. And it was the whole thing, right? Like if you're experiencing this, if you're feeling like Hannah did, yes. like they outline that they absolutely so did. that resources are available. Right. Students, readers are not left, like viewers of right. our show are not left just being like, whoa, that's obviously the only choice right. to make. No kidding. Like they're not. No, you have, you have many you know, different types of information, different, different resources, different, you don't have to call the, the nine line, which right, is what it was right, back in yeah. the day. You can call, I mean, you know what? I also wonder too, like my, my school guidance counselor when I was in high school was, I felt primarily there to guide me through like setting up my schedule. But I think like, I know we have school psychologists and mm-hmm. that sort of thing, but do they add a component to that job as like, a counselor counselor um so they do okay um at least within most of the schools that i'm in you yes um they're not like a therapist but it is definitely like our, a stepping stone. our school social worker is usually the person who you know so have, reaches yeah. out like if you uh, here as a as a teacher if you hear or or believe something has taken place um we're considered mandated reporters sure. and then in the district that I'm in, our our school social worker is kind of the the liaison for making sure that the accurate reports are made. And then that person is kind of the the beginning of, okay, let's kind of get to the bottom of this. They know the right things to say. They know the right things to do. They're trained in all of that. But then this year and last year, given the way that school has looked Mm -hmm. and has been, um, we actually, lots of schools are partnering with counseling services to bring in actual therapists to get students connected with someone who can help them because it isn't really in the job description of a guidance counselor or a school counselor or a school psychologist or a school social worker to handle all that. They're also there for things like, you know, educationally um, connected things. Sure. So we can't expect them to provide therapy on site, but that is usually where it starts. Like, hey, that's where that conversation happens. Then your school social worker, school counselor, school psychologist can reach out to the family and say, here's how we can offer you resources. Um, Which is, yeah, it's a little of both, right? It is, yeah. (laughs) And it is, I mean, it is really great that, you know, I mean, I think even like mental health benefits through my health insurance are so, so mediocre. Yep. Um, I noticed one of the perks, this new job that I'm going to, uh, you can, you have unlimited access to, I think it's called Talkspace and okay. it's, a, it's yep. an app and I'm like, genius. Yeah. How hard is that? Right. To pay for? I, oh I know. God. And I really like, we know so much more now and we're trying so hard to break the stigma yeah. of, of mental health issues. Like give the resources and yeah. don't make them cost an arm and a leg because that's for a sure. problem too. Yeah. Um, and you guys might have noticed, I stumbled over calling our counselors. They're not guidance counselors anymore. When I was oh. in high school, they were called guidance counselors, right? And their legit job that. was to just put yeah. you into classes for next year and make sure you could go to college. They are school counselors. Oh, so they are okay. there not just for your scheduling sure. purposes. Um, they are there to counsel students as much as possible. That's not therapy but to counsel. So sure. if you're dealing with friend issues, that's who you can kind of reach out to. I'm saying this because I know at least one of our school counselors, I think. will listen to us. Listen to us. <laughs> She'll be so mad if I forget <laughs> that that's who they are now. We'd have to bring her on as a guest. I know. Yeah. <laughs>
to clear it up. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So the title of this book is 13 Reasons Why. And as the novel unfolds, you find that uh, Hannah has 13 incidents or people that she points to as the reason for her decision to take her, her life. Ultimately, though, why do you think Hannah committed suicide? I don't think any one of these reasons is the reason. Right. I think Hannah didn't have an outlet. Right. Hannah didn't feel safe. And Hannah didn't feel heard. She felt, yes, and she felt kind of let down. Yes, yes, because a lot of the, yeah, no, that's a good point. A yeah. lot of the she cassettes like were, I came to you and you didn't do the thing. Right, and yeah. I, so I, so when I kind of, when I was saying earlier about, I don't really feel that having a suicide hotline is necessarily going to help end suicide. I think it's because, um, like in this instance, people were so caught off guard by her doing mm -hmm. this, even though she had in her she, own way, she had right, like sowed those seeds out there. Right, right. And I just feel that people like Hannah just become so desperate, and yep. they there there is so much more underlying. And um, I don't know if this was her way of like saying, "Now will you listen?" Yeah. Yes. It. Yes. And now it's too late. Mm -hmm. But she. Yeah. So I agree. She felt unheard. She didn't really have the resources yeah. or the with with we're all to know yeah, yeah. how to handle this too. So, um, yeah, yeah. I I, I think that that the reason you know that right. that not being is there heard, one reason yeah right. But I think you know summarizing it that way that mm -hmm. she didn't have the understanding of of what her her resources were right. Um, and I think that is part of what resonates with. With readers is yeah. you're like, I don't know where would I go? Who would I like? Right. I'm hopeful that as schools were trying to pull this book or, or parents were challenging this book, I hope that schools were reevaluating what's available to their students. Right. Because that's the bigger piece here is like, do our kids know how to get help if they mm -hmm. need help? Because I don't know that this girl did. Exactly. And I think, you know, I, I like you, I, I hope if, if right. kids read this or, you know, and they're, and they're going through the, you know, their, their wheels are spinning, um, that it's more that they're putting a plan if, in yeah. place. Like if I get to this point, like, could I go to my parents? Right. Could I go to my school counselor? Could right. I go to my pastor or, you well, know, that whoever. takes us to the, like, what about the adults in this book? Like, yeah. I mean, everything's yeah. centered on the, on the teens, because obviously that's who the book's about. Right. But like, how did you feel about the adults in this book? I feel very... Um, not indifferent, but you know, I just, I'm not sure that they were really paying enough attention. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know, maybe it's just the person, the personality that I have. I try to be very aware of who, you know, who my son hangs around. What mm -hmm. are the, those kids like, what do I, you know, are they dealing with mm -hmm. something potentially, you know, I try to be aware, but I know that I can't, you know, mm -hmm. know everyone through and through. Um, but that was, yeah, I just don't feel like they were paying yeah. enough attention. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree completely. I feel like the adults were, and I don't want to make it sound like, I think right. the adults were at fault because I think the adults were working with what they have. Exactly. And that's gonna, a good point that's too. That's the same thing. Um, yeah, the school, 
social workers and school counselors out there are overwhelmed. Like the, the organization of school social workers and school counselors, you know, recommend, you know, one counselor for every 200 students and most schools are not operating like that. Um, you know, we have, I work in a school of about 1100 students. We have one school social worker. Um, I know how busy she is. Um, I, I know how busy she has been. Um, so we're not really setting those folks up for success. And there's a counselor in the book, I think it's Mr. Porter, mm-hmm. um, that Hannah reaches out to and, and he tries to offer, you know, some some niceties. Right. And tries to offer some, you know, oh, don't hang out with those kids or, you know, whatever. Right. But none of that's going to fix a teenager's problem. And I don't know that he was equipped to fix right. the problem. So putting that in front of students is to me a little bit scary. Like, Hey, the adults can't fix everything, but also really important that they hear. Yes. If you cannot, if there's nothing more that you can do, have your ears open and, and you know, I talk to to, people. Yes. And like being a teenager is already a challenge in its own. And maybe we think like, Oh, that's really not that big of a deal, but it's that takes away from what they're actually really feeling. Yeah. So let well, them, and their brains aren't developed exactly. completely. What and you might not think is a big deal feels like a, a really big, big yes. deal. And we have to be more considerate and allow them to feel how they feel. Everyone is entitled to feel how they feel. Yeah. So and I, I, more adults in schools and in, in students' lives need to say that and hear yep. that for sure. All right. Let's take a quick pause here for a minute before we wrap this one up. Bringing this back to the idea that 13 Reasons Why has been a book challenged in various schools across the country, what do you think? Mm, So I think a lot of this has to do with fear. A hundred percent. Parents are afraid that they're, well, I think parents are afraid of two things. Parents are afraid that they're going to have to talk to their kid about this. Yep. And that's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to do that. And then I also think parents are afraid that the minute something gets suggested to their child or they read it or see it or hear it, that their child is that susceptible right. to participating. And that is confusing to me. Mm-hmm. I would agree a hundred percent. I would agree a hundred percent. One of the reasons why we decided to add this segment and I'm just going to give a small yep. backstory yep. is um, there is a, Facebook group in our district or our city. Cause I guess it's yeah, not it's always not just parents. parents like yeah. Anyone that yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, um, someone, someone in there posted a few months ago about some book he wanted to have banned and he couldn't understand. Why, well, right, right. <laughs> he couldn't understand why these were in school libraries. And I had to say, I don't, I do not support banning books. I really do not. I feel like they are, you can learn something from any book, regardless of it's like the babysitters club, right? My, that's what got me reading, you know, yeah. I mean, whatever. Or again, my friend who spent time in a library Bring reading self-help, self-help books at a, as in high school, you know, right. like I Our, just, those are not written for high school. Exactly, students. Exactly. However, there's a lot that can be learned. Be from that. So that was my, that was my underlying question to him is I don't understand what you're afraid of. Right. And that, gave a lot of backlash and I still, I still don't understand it. Like one woman did make a good point. She said, what if, um, these books can trigger like 
Absolutely. So I, and we, I totally you know what? agree. We experience that in schools all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm friends with a lot of English teachers in my building and, and across my career. And they always have to put out there, like when they read, um, oh, no, I can't remember which book it is, but there is a sexual assault right. in the book. It's not graphic, but it's it's, it's mentioned. mentioned that this happens yep. to, to this character. And they always have to put that out there. And they generally, uh, especially with sophomores and under, mm-hmm. there's messages that go home to parents to yes. let them know we're going to be reading this book. It does contain some sensitive material. If you are not comfortable having your child read this book for any number of reasons, let us know. And we will offer an alternate text. Exactly. They are not teaching a book like maybe we right. experienced in English class. They're teaching themes and they find texts that align to those themes. Mm-hmm. So if we're dealing with, you know, like uh, conflict between, uh, you know, there's like man versus man, man versus nature, man versus self. If we're dealing with one of those and you're like, Ooh, I don't want my kid reading that book because I know what my child has been through right. or I know what my child has experienced. Um, they, they have alternatives. Exactly. They do it on purpose. Like, exactly. And then they don't single out that kid. They generally will then like, Ooh, we have two students who aren't comfortable reading this book. Let's make this a like class, you know, book club. Sure. So they have different groups working on the different texts. Like it's not, it's not unheard of. Exactly. And but so, at the same time, when we don't allow students to be right. challenged with texts that may be uncomfortable, not necessarily triggering, not right. like, ooh, this brings me back to the time that my, you know, my, my family member, you know, no, not that. Right. Just because it makes you uncomfortable doesn't make it bad. That's it. And that's exactly what I was trying to get at with, with this particular group. And, you know, it, you know, and like one of the women who kind of got mad at me and she was the one who talked about this could be a trigger. I think you need to give your children more credit yes. too. And I think that's, you know, so it might be a trigger and maybe they can put a sticker if it's on the the book somehow just say, you know, mm-hmm. like if it's in the school library, so she doesn't just grab that one and get, sure. you know, triggered. But um, I think we don't give kids enough credit to, mm-hmm. I mean, not me per se, not right, us, but right. adults in general, yeah. yeah, that they are, they are learning. And that's what my point to this group was, is like, these books are learning tools. Yes. Yes. They don't live in isolation. Like, I mean, this is an incredibly popular book. Mm -hmm. Like if your student is reading it and so are a bunch of their peers, even if they're not formally doing a book club, they're They're talking about this book. They really are. making the waves. Especially when they read it as like a whole class, because then it's done in a manner in which it's like safe. Right. It's safe to read this and discuss this topic. It's safe to be unsure about this thing. Mm-hmm. It's safe to question why wouldn't she go to X, Y, or Z person right. in her life. And it, it does not pinpoint single students to say like, well, I'm not comfortable talking to my mom. It's not like that. Like not every student is. You know, and part of school overall is to be become more uh, more of a critical thinker and yeah. from the time you start school you're learning you're developing and growing and critically thinking and I think that and we have to give kids yes, space to do that exactly and and the tools and again they don't always want to come to their parents and ask them some of these questions so right. why not just have these resources available and you know if you're going to challenge them being in a school library while well, they're at the public library absolutely also kids most likely have library cards and can go get them not to mention and the internet 
I was just going to say, this and way worse right. is available on the internet. Is available on freaking TikTok. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. On Instagram. Like, you can find a lot of pretty sketchy things on various platforms. Yep. Having it in a book where if you focus on a singular excerpt, which the, the gentleman that you yes. are talking about um, came to read a, an excerpt that was pretty graphic um, and traumatic, I would imagine, um, reading it. Had he read the rest of the book, though, right. it's a memoir about how this person overcame the things that they experienced yes. as a young man. And, and so to just isolate that, here's a traumatic event right. that happened to somebody, I guess we never should experience or we never should tell people that trauma can lead to, you know, new and bigger and better things because that's what the rest of the book was about, diminishes the fact that many of our students could be experiencing similar yes. trauma. And, and to that point, I question if someone comes up to challenge a book based on that situation, where did he even get that? He, I don't believe for a second right. he even read the book. No. I he think found he an found, excerpt on the internet it, that yeah. said this is a, a, a like a, an inflammatory thing. Yes. Share it all around and yes. make people squirm. Yes. That was entirely the purpose of doing yeah. that. And, you know, and that, and I, challenge people who want to have books banned to actually sit down and, and read, read what you're because I mean I think even this book mm -hmm. people are challenging it based on the little snips they're reading on the back of the book have they or actually what they think is in it exactly. based on the Netflix series. exactly well yeah because again it didn't even make waves with parents until no, Netflix exactly made it a, yeah so um if you I, I mean I kind of feel like can it would be nice if we could put some sort of a rule in place that if you want to challenge a book, you need to actually have read the entire book. I would also you. like them to have to write an essay about yes. why they feel it needs to be challenged. Yes. And then I would like our English teachers to have to grade those essays. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to give them more work. Fail, fail. <laughs> um, but I think we would both agree that we're not in fan, we're not fans of banning books right. at all. Now, do I think that this book is appropriate to be in an elementary school library? No, exactly. I, I don't. Exactly. I don't think that it should be readily available to third graders. Right. That said, it's like a 300-page book. I don't know that there's a ton of students at that grade level reading it in the want, first place. Yeah. So I'm not sure who would have purchased it for that library. But no, I don't think it's age appropriate right. for them. That doesn't mean I don't think anyone should read it. And I think that's another thing that people who want to challenge books need to think about too. Like if it's, if it is in fact in an elementary school library, then yeah, you do want to, right. we've got to keep in mind what is age appropriate. What is, what is something that a child can understand, you know, where yeah. they are developmentally. And let's trust the professionals. Well, and that's like the, that is the basic, that is the bottom line. And that, and this, this whole, like, everyone going after the school board and stuff these last couple of years has brought on a whole new group yeah. of, you know, quote unquote professionals that have no business. <laughs> well, even out crap they find our on the school internet. librarians read yes. so many books. Yes. They're aware of the content that's in those books. And honestly, they are very well versed in what our students are dealing with on the daily basis. Yep. So they know what our kids might benefit from seeing and reading. Yep. Um, of course, we need to be wise about 
what we put in front of students, but I don't think that we can do this all or nothing thing and say like nobody in this school district could ever read this book. I know that just seems well. And the funny thing too, is I think the group of people that really is going gangbusters to try and ban books are also the group that doesn't believe in censorship and right. doesn't want people to, you know, but they'll, they'll but censor books from their yeah. own children. It's very, it's very much, um, I'm just going to do it when it works in my, yeah, for my absolutely. agenda. So I think we would both agree. This book belongs in middle and high yep. schools. Students should have access to absolutely. this book because the, the situations outlined in this book are very much situations, students, real like, or their classmates yep. could be facing. I 100% agree with that. Awesome. Well, thank you all for joining us for our book chat. Uh, we're looking forward to tackling uh, these commonly challenged books through a lens of literature and merit rather than through fear. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find lists of books that have been challenged across America and maybe even in your hometown, which is a quick internet search. That's what we did. Uh, but our hope is to dig a little deeper and discover why these books have been targeted and see if they're even as concerning as those lists make them out to be. This is just one more way that we can all start small to make the world a better place. Join mm -hmm. us next time when we will be discussing Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man by Emmanuel Aucho. <laughs>